Welcome to The Planets Are My Gods with your hosts, Mariah Karina. And Arakai Moon. We've been doing a series going around the zodiac and trying to distill some of the core soul dynamics of each sign. And so it is only appropriate that today we are talking about Scorpio. I want to start this just by saying that both me and Arakai are actually part of the Pluto and Scorpio generation, which is super special. So we come from the evolutionary astrology lineage and in evolutionary astrology, the core evolutionary intention, in fact, the core desire of the soul is mirrored in the Pluto signature. And so there are a group of souls that decide to come in at one time under a particular sign. So Pluto can spend, you know, anywhere from like 10 to I think 30 years in a sign because of its elliptical orbit. And whatever souls are in resonance with Pluto at that time, I like to think of it as like a portal that opens and there's some recognition that the soul feels. And in that resonance, it creates this ability for the incarnation to occur. And so all of the souls that were born around the time that we were resonated with Scorpio karma and Scorpio desires. And then part of what makes each individual special and specific is of course the entire mandala of their birth chart, but also specifically what house that Pluto is going to land in sort of indicates the aspect of the Scorpio karma and of the Scorpio Dharma that that particular soul is working out at any given time. Right. Like what age it's going to show up on in your life. Where is that going to, that Scorpionic desire um, going to work you, alchemize you, bring you to your absolute fucking edges and shred you over and over again in order to help you resource that power inside of yourself And how fucking special to be part of the Pluto and Scorpio generation. Like for me, Scorpio is about deep shit. It is about the deep shit of life, sex, death, transformation, psychology. I don't think Scorpio is satisfied just living on the surface. And it just feels so special to me to be born at the same time as all of these other souls in this generation who are tracking and interested and called to these things get to the underbelly like in a sense pluto wherever pluto is journeying in our you know through our culture it takes those generations to the absolute underbelly of whatever sign it's in and so for it to be in its own sign you know because pluto rules scorpio and for it to be in its own sign it's taking it to the under under underbelly of humanity and like of life itself, like excavating our deepest desires and also deepest aversions to sex, money, power, but creative life force energy. So creation itself, it's going to deal with our desire to be God and our resistance to God, you know, it's going to really reveal the parts of us that are in alignment with our creative 
life force energy and the parts of us that are out of alignment in it and like humanity in general, like how it's been at odds with like the building blocks of creation itself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think just one more thing about generation is I think you can see that the Pluto signature is influencing Pluto rules the masses. And so it's influencing society. And if I just think about being born in the eighties, when Pluto was in Scorpio, what was going on then really reflects all of those Scorpionic themes. It was punk rock. It was addiction was major. There was this huge wealth disparity that happened, this big imperialist power under the Reagan administration. It was the AIDS epidemic. There was this like brief, beautiful moment when queer culture was experiencing this renaissance and then it got stripped away in the most gruesome and horrific, murderous plague. Right. Beyond even imagining. And so I think it's like, on the one hand, the souls coming in are being born into that field. That's reflecting those themes. And then of course, those themes are going to develop throughout the lifetime. And what you mentioned too about the, like the gay culture having this Renaissance era and at the same time also deeply experiencing this, you know, plague, which I also think that what was used as horrific ammunition against us. And yeah, that it was the gay plague, that it's like, God wants you dead. Yeah. See, God is cursing you. It's shaming you. And so I think that that is such a, a excruciating and powerful part of liberating these deep places of taboo, you know, these deep places of desire where we either in our culture have monetized it or um, made it so taboo and shamed that it's it's kept in the dungeons, you know, of our consciousness where it can then get perverted and contorted and perverted and all of these things. And so I think that it's that right there just represents so much of, of like the, the deep work that has to be done when we try to liberate these parts of us that have been made so wrong and, and kept in such a place of holding, um, or in a place of, of just hiding, you know, that there's these places of, of integration and healing. And sometimes that also looks like shaming and curses and, and these things that almost make you want to whiplash and go right back to like the, the societal norm, you know, we can really, if we haven't been able to heal those parts, then it's like, we can allow those, those shaming curses spells to just go right back into us and I think that dealing with something in a as you know like as intense as AIDS is such a they used it as such a powerful weapon of ammunition against that can trigger all of those deep places of shame you know Mm -hmm. and I think that that's like really where we have to excavate and heal in such powerful ways like whenever we're dealing with the scorpionic or plutonic journey of anything that we start to open up, there's going to be these radical challenges around that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think part of what I hear you saying is like, or part of what I'm also resonating with is that Scorpio does deal with the taboo. Yeah. 
that it does deal with those aspects of not only our desire that are taboo, but those aspects of what I like to call what's really going on. Mm-hmm. All of the sex, money, power, death, psychological mapping and tracking that's happening that we so often don't talk about, but is happening under the surface. And so there's something about that Scorpio journey where it's like you're tuned into something that a lot of people don't want to even acknowledge. Yeah. And it's something too, and that's where I think the shame can reside so much in those places because for one, it's it's been denied or made wrong and taboo. And I think that coming, you know, from the tapestry of Libra, you know, we always want to, I think, look at the sign in relationship to the whole and like, especially where that sign is coming after. And I think especially with Pluto, it's like, it brings us through these really, like you said, eight to 10 to 30 year cultural generational um, excavation journeys, you know, that we go on. It's like almost like a shamanic journey of our culture is what Pluto takes us on. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the, you know, my clients and like Pluto and Libra generations, and, and it's like, they're really dealing with the underbelly of social dynamics of the roles of, of society and of relationship, you know? And then when you're thinking about Pluto and Scorpio, it's really dealing with what is that underbelly of our relationship dynamics? What's happening under the table of all of these deep, intimate experiences with our, within our relationships, but also the more subtle superficial even relationships like what's happening under the table of what we deeply desire you know it's the currents of our intentions and motivations is what that Scorpio Scorpio archetype is really ruling you know it's that those are the realms of it and so that's what what we want to excavate inside of that and that means also all the shame and all the gaslighting dynamics and all the places where we have codependence and addictions inside of relationships. I feel like Scorpio is definitely going to bring us through those initiations, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of the way that it's denied and ignored and just, you know, Scorpio, it's Pluto in the old system. It was like nighttime or feminine Mars. And I just think so much of that kind of like the fire in the waters part of us, Mm -hmm. it has that resonance with Black Moon Lilith. It's like, that's not, we're not supposed to feel that way. You know, we're not supposed to be driven and motivated by these more dark Martian black water forces. And yet we are. So I love in true Scorpionic fashion, we've jumped right into the deep end and maybe we can ground this a little bit just by both of us sharing what we think is some of that core evolutionary intention of Scorpio and then how we see this playing out in individuals. Yeah. So what I really picture when I think of the Scorpionic desire or the nature, nature, the evolutionary intention for the individual that is undergoing that initiation is mastery of energy, mastery of sex, money, power, mastery of their Kundalini life force, creative energy. And to me, what that looks like is coming into right 
relationship and balance of giving and receiving in a true tantric fashion with everything, every aspect of their life. And I think that in that journey, they have to go through deep, you know, um, coming, like coming to Jesus moments. It feels like these <laughs> reckonings with what they really desire and yeah. going for those desires, all the ways that we crave and avert, um, that we sabotage our desires, actually being able to go for them and then be shredded by them in a way that shows where the illusions are inside of those desires. And it's a, it's a journey between ego and soul and not in a linear fashion, but ego and soul in, in a way that they're constantly in communication mm. and in a way of like going for the desire and also letting that desire, like I say so often, <laughs> as a North node in the eighth house person, just be shredded by that over and over and allow that to humble me, humble oneself. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, but when it simplifies in my mind over and over, I'm constantly needing to say mastery of energy. Like, is this in right relationship with my energy? Because I can get so in the mind and like, especially coming from the Libra, you know, coming from even that, that Taurus polarity of like, what do I value? And these are the patterns of how I tend and water the seeds of, to grow this thing of what I value so much of, or this is the way that I show up in love and in relationship. And, and there can be all these patterns or all these belief systems that, that try to show us how to be in relationship with that. But to me, that scorpionic revolution or revelation is just what is, what is the energy really saying, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I love everything you said that especially that between ego and soul and that it is about desire if pluto itself represents desire then that finds its home and its resonance in scorpio and i think about it with that polarity to the second house if taurus is about attachment and about self-reliance and about having your beautiful little garden and your home and what you value and just like cultivating that that place of yeah. um self-esteem I think the flip side of that is that Scorpio often holds the detachment and often, like you said, like the forced detachment. Forced. I remember, I remember Mark Jones saying something where it's like in the eighth house, uh, all of the wealth and that you've accumulated in Taurus, all of the things that you've unconsciously linked your self-worth and desire to are burned in the fires of Scorpio. And it's like a Phoenix rising from the ashes. You discover what it is that is truly you that is not dependent on physical circumstances that is not determined by things outside of yourself that are true and that cannot be taken away. And that that is a profound level of self-knowing and a completely soul-based foundation of self-esteem. Yeah. And something that's so powerful about that too is just to understand that these are fixed. Yeah. Fixed earth in Taurus and fixed water in Scorpio. 
-hmm. you know, and just to understand to me, it's like that desire to, to grow and be stable and to, you know, fight and tend what you love so much inside of Taurus and be so attached to it that you, you know, there's a beauty to that fixed quality. There's a beauty to that attachment. You know, it's like that yes. old person that's like, I will fucking stand for, I'm not leaving this mountain as it burns. Like I will stand, I am this fucking mountain. Like it's those, to me, it's that indigenous feeling of like, this is my earth. They are me. Like this is my fucking home. And it's like that journey to be shredded and ripped apart. Like I almost feel my experience with it is my soul literally being ripped from another soul and like having to then go through that process where that that I merge so deeply with like integrates inside of me so so fully that it can't be ripped apart because it 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 is me in a certain sense and then it also all any parts of it that were illusion or addiction are like also burned in that fire like you say and so when I emphasize the fixed part I, I want to emphasize that part on how beautiful <laughs> the fixed energy is and how much depth we can we can reach with that and then also just how excruciating like you're saying whatever is not a part of us gets shredded and and burned in that fire just how excruciating the journey of evolution is that Scorpio sign up for. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of the most painful art archetypal experiences to, to truly go for something you desire and merge with that so deeply that it changes who you are. It takes you past all of your edges and literally creates this third thing, this new thing that you become. And then you, and then you die in the, in the marriage of that new thing <laughs> and have to rise again. And I feel like that right there is just like, let's just have so much grace and like, and bow and down, bow, bow down, down to the scorpionic experience. Like it's when I see strong, yes. When I see strong Scorpio signatures, I bow the fuck down because this is someone who is on that path who is on that journey of having to go to the underworld of having to be, like you said, cleaved and separated from where they have staked their identity, from what makes them feel safe, from who they thought they were all in the service of truth, all in the service of actually getting real with who am I? What do I really want? What is this shit really about? What do I actually care about when everything is taken away? Yeah. When it's just me and my energy, it has that Martian quality to me. Yeah. And that's why I love the, you know, just knowing that it's Mars and Pluto, you know, ruling mm -hmm. that feminine Mars. It's like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go so deep inside of myself and inside of that desire and that sword of Mars that's like, I will cut anything away that's not true and like offer myself into the cauldron of Pluto mm -hmm. to really let it be burned away again and again. And it's not pretty. 
it really is like, especially for people, you know, like myself and like the people that I know that have that North and in the second and eighth house, North and South node in the second and eighth house axes. It's like, we can feel so judged by like, why are you calling these crazy things into your life? (laughs) It doesn't look pretty or harmonious or, you know, that, that spiritual thing of like everything that we're, you know, that we are, we're calling in. It's just like, it can be so shame, shaming inside those placements because it's like, you're, you're going to call in some of the most intense things that like most humans aren't going to relate to. They're just not they're, They might have one intense experience in their life, but they're not going to have like over and over. Over and so, over. And it, like you said, other people might be looking at it from the outside being like, oh, you're causing this or you're creating this. And the Scorpio person on the inside can often feel really victimized. Like, why is this happening to me? You know, it's not always this empowered journey of like, yes, I'm choosing to have everything I care about destroyed in the fire of my soul actualization. No, it's like, holy fuck, like why? You know, I think there can be that painful existential feeling, like you said, of being cursed. Cursed, totally. And like you're saying, why? What am I doing wrong? Because I think there's also the part of that Mars and Pluto. Mars is the ego and the self-actualization and our you know, our true young nature of creating, you know, like how are we creating our life is, you know, represented in the Mars experience and Pluto is the soul. So it's the place where you are bowing down to the gods. You are meeting the place where you co-create and you are in subject, like you are in, um, direct response to your fate. Yeah. Where it is out of your hands sometimes. And like finding that it's, that's the crucible of that Mars and Pluto experience is Scorpio. Like finding the place where we're empowered and where we are creating it and where some of these parts of us are a part of what we're being shredded by and needing to learn from, you know, how are we creating these experiences? And then also the other part is like, it's going to get taken away from you. And how are you going to be in right relationship to show up for that? time and time again and bow down to it like that which you love and that which you've been attached to and you found your worth inside of will get shredded it will get taken be it your skin be it the people that you love the most be it all your money or whatever it is it's like it's it's radical that way and what makes your mars happy is not always what makes your pluto happy like what the ego might be trying to do in its Mars-driven will, individualistic way is not necessarily the Pluto function. You know, what you want is not always what you need. What you want is not always what you really want. And like just fucking how powerful is desire, right? That in all of these ancient texts, in Taoism, in Hinduism, in Buddhism, people say the force of what leads us to incarnate is our desire, Like to be having that purified through your incarnation, that is the deepest core root of your human self, of your entire energy. It's like what led you to be born itself is what is being put through the fires of transformation. What you care about the most 
And that's why I think it's like our deepest triggers around the building blocks of creation. It's like, this is physicality. This is what we're doing on earth. Mm -hmm. If like, we're not doing that, then what the fuck are we doing? It's illusion, you know? And I think that that part, it really, it really kind of challenges these, some of even these abundant spiritual ways of wanting to be because I think that we want so much to take like we are the gods and we're creating everything and like there's a lot of like self-responsibility inside of that rhetoric and there's a lot of like denial yeah denial of being humble inside of there are things that we are co-creating with it is not just us in this narcissistic like spiral dimension, you know? And I think that that, this sign really fucks that up. (laughs) There are forces forces way greater than us. And I was thinking about that too, about the difference between the way I feel Mars and Aries versus Mars and Scorpio is I don't think it's entirely true, but I think Mars and Aries has more of an ability to feel that it's like a lone warrior on a journey. Mm. Maybe that's it being more the masculine side or it being more of a cardinal sign, but it has that ability to be like, I'm me, I'm doing my thing. I'm going here. I'm going there. Where like, it doesn't have that quality to me. It being water, it being fixed. And I think it has more of an inherent understanding that it's involved in a web of relationships which is how you can get that Scorpio attunement to always tracking the field, always tracking where is the power, where is the energy, what is the the map here? And I think that's part of it being fixed. It's stuck in its position where it needs to pay more attention to what's happening. Like you said, it's contending with the fact that it can't escape its fate and its illusion that it can is less than a lot of these other signs. And I think Scorpios, they always get, you know, called out for that, or maybe that's the stereotype or something, but I think it's really true. And I think that they are tracking, that they are clocking. And in that is this deep wisdom, actually, that we are in the tides of these forces. Right. And how our personal desires, intentions, motives, and our relationship, our ability to be in that tantric network, our tantric experiences of that giving and receiving, how that impacts the whole is inside of that wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love what you're saying, because on the human side, it could be like, oh, if you're, you know, trying to get a desire to happen, you're, you know, scheming mapping and trying to feel how it could happen I think also Scorpio feels to me like it you were saying rules a lot of stuff that's really taboo and really marginalized and that's part of the necessary social and systems intelligence energetic intelligence of people who are in a marginalized position is that they have to fully map and graph what's going on around them but then in terms of our non-human webs it's the same thing right that we're part of these contextualized like nesting ecosystems of different beings of different realms of different forces that are influencing us all the time and that we're like the water 
it is the water we're swimming in. Mm, it is the Kool-Aid we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Kool-Aid that's drinking us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love that we, you, you flipped it and said that because it, it makes me think of, yeah, that, that ability for it. Like I always think of Mars... And then Aries archetype is that surfer that pops out of the ocean and is like, I'm surfing my wave. You know, I'm surfing this wave. I'm doing my little marks on this wave. And then that like Mars and Scorpio feels like that part of the consciousness that makes itself known by being immersed in the deepest part of the oceanic, you know, like dark consciousness of like everything around it. And when you're like the Kool-Aid that's drinking, us you know it's like that part of the consciousness that's like ooh, I'm aware of myself but in in the context of all of this you know yes exactly and that's a I think of the deep 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 waters where the big fucking Megatron sharks live and like the real gnarly like things that make us feel so small and really can make us so aware of how fucking puny and how finite we are in the scope of like the whole ocean you know that that vastness that mystery that power and just being able to really, you know, when I've had the sharks, I spent a lot of time with sharks surfing. And, and I had this experience with this one just big mama shark in the middle of kind of a storm. And it's just like rocks and dark, choppy waters. And I'm the only one out there. And she's like, get off your board and sink down to me and spread yourself out fully. And it was just this moment where people are like, oh, you think you're invincible, huh? And I was like, no like quite the opposite. Like I felt like my warrior nature felt like I am actually so shreddable right now. Like so easily could she devour me, but just this ability to be in that relationship felt so Mars and Scorpio to me, you know, to understand that you could die at any second and how actually puny you are, but also to meet it with power and presence feels like that part of Scorpio. (laughs) Damn. Also sharks, they're so ancient. So ancient. Like they have not significantly evolutionary changed for millennia. Mm. I can feel that. (laughs) <laughs> I can really feel that when when she she told me to do that I really felt my edges you know because I think that sharks were have always been probably one of the only things I've ever actually been afraid of in you know as far as creatures are concerned I I've always you know just loved all the poisonous snakes and all the creatures and just not really had any true fear of them and sharks I had true fear and it was always this feeling of just like those jagged teeth and this big and like and you could feel that primordial consciousness so activated and she was like this I am the dark feminine like Mm -hmm. I'm the biggest representation of the dark feminine earth and if you can open yourself to me like 
then you can truly say you're like in devotion to the dark feminine, not just what the dark feminine can make you like feel sexy and like seduce you. Mm. You know, you want to like feel that wildness and like, you know, whatever. It's like, no, 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 this is like, you've got to bow down to this primordial fucking consciousness of the earth. And that is, this is the dark feminine. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) that's what's up. I feel that. And just that, it's that feeling of like complete, she could completely devour you. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's not pretty. It's not sexy. It's not pretty. It's not there to delight you. Yeah. It's there for you to bow down to reality. Reality and all of it. And that's what I feel like that scorpionic like nature is, is like, it's not black and white. It is the full fucking like vastness of every single person, of every single thing, you know? And so much of that, I feel like that narcissistic codependent experience is like, what can that thing be for us? What can I be for it? You know, and it's like this compartmentalization of everyone and everything in order to make us feel something, you know, and to get something. And I think that that is the antithesis of Scorpio is like actually being real with all of the, of the realms, all of the, um, octaves of somebody and I think that's the um the completely different cosmological vision in Scorpio like you were saying that law of attraction thing where it's like you go girl like you just figure out (laughs) and like put it out there in the universe and Scorpio is like no you are not here for that that is not what is happening in this plane of existence right This is about looking eye to eye with a shark and humbling yourself. Mm -hmm. And realizing what you are in the tapestry of it is because that it's so many times that that spiritual ego is like, yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We're going to manifest it. We're going to do this. And then they're in the next moment calling in like Kali Ma. And and it's like, no, no, no. Like you're the, you're doing the opposite because what you're not aware of is the gravity of what you take and how that truly impacts the whole, you know? And I think that's the humbling part, like how to be in good relationship with that is that Mars and Scorpio, Mars-Pluto journey of how to be an individual and how to also be like in the whole and be in right relationship of what we're giving and receiving and not just from this extracting, taking place. And Kalima will fuck you up. Yeah. And people want to call this like this depth in while their ego, like to make their egos feel good. It's like there's this new wave of of spiritual ego, I think, that's so fascinated with the dark feminine. Mm -hmm. And yet their egos are just like blazing with it. It's like they're actually calling in or using those archetypes to feed a part of their ego that's just going to fucking get shredded, I hope. (laughs) But it's it's surprising that there's an egoic thing arising in our our culture right now and our our culture that actually uses the imagery 
and some of the personality traits of the dark feminine as a means of actually furthering their egoic agenda that feels very capitalism-based. And I find that really disturbing, actually. And ignorant. Very ignorant. You know, Arida Samrash, he has this quote, he's like, the ego loves to do sadhana, right? The ego loves to practice. It loves to sing kirtan. It loves to be calling in the depth but it's like which part of us is there singing which part of us is there meditating is not the one that is actually being spiritually um or like is precisely the one that is going to be spiritually worked Mm. yeah that's very fascinating i mean it's we've had spirituality throughout our you know human history. And I think that so much of our egos and a lot of these, um, cultural conditions and programs, uh, mm-hmm. hide inside of spiritual dogma. And so I, I feel like it's something that I had to really remind myself when I, I was at a New Year's Eve party and the, performer was invoking Kali Ma and like singing this song. And like before it was just like hyping everyone up on manifesting in like 2023 being the biggest, baddest, like that we're going to get what we're, you know, it's just like, and everyone started jumping around and acting it out while they're singing in this song. And I was so, I had, I I just like straight up walked out immediately. (laughs) Like my hands came down, just, I felt the, clear sword mm-hmm. of arts come down in front of me, martial arts style. And I just walked straight out because I could feel in that, that the actual energy of the dark feminine was literally being used. Right. Indirect, like directly opposite mm-hmm. of what she's truly in service to. And who she truly is. Exactly. And I think that that's actually a tactic that I find hidden inside of most of hum- like human culture around spirituality is using the planetary archety- archetypal energies, using Christ consciousness, like using these major energies that hold a frequency, these archetypal forms, these archetypal deities, not forms, excuse me, but that we are meant to be in relationship to and like actually flipping them. Mm-hmm. and using the opposite and I find that has like that's why I think Christianity gains so much power of being able to place their churches over top of these temples that were in direct honoring of the planets and you know or taking Jesus who was like so sex positive and making him the symbol of sexual shame Totally. That's what Jesus, I felt like so has shown me. I was like, this is, he is there, that Christ consciousness is there for forgiveness, for deep purifying forgiveness. And yet it's been used for sexual shame, like you're saying, just the absolute opposite of what that energy truly like comes to me for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's that, there's like just the inversion and the perversion of these different energies, the way that we culturally understand them. And then the other saying that's coming to me is um, that sometimes I say to myself when I'm going through egoically shredding moments 
is uh, it's not that God is in me. It's that I am in God. Mm, What do you mean by that? To me, that also helps me change the context, right? From like that individualistic, narcissistic, like God is in me. And it's like, I'm this individual living in a vacuum here to actualize myself. And the world is going to give me what I want if I do it right. And that whole version of reality versus no, like I am swimming in God, right? Yeah. God yeah. is in me. I am in God. God is around, like God is everything around me. And that it's not about if I do it right, or if I'm like a good person, then I get what I want. Right. It's like, that's what I mean about the different cosmological vision of Scorpio. It's like something very mysterious and very different is happening here. Right. I am immersed in. Mm -hmm. And that. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I just, I, I love what you're saying. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, when you're saying immersed in and I am in, it's, it feels like this, when I said the antithesis of Scorpio is that um, ability to be in true relationship. And I think true relationship too, with the, with the, with the gods that are making us up. Whereas I think that we can freeze them in this way that we project upon them and we're using their energies, um, you know, as means to like get what we want and to further our human, you know, agendas, you know, even like culturally we can get together and like all build up these certain archetypes that make us feel good and that we can harness their power um, to further our agenda. And I think that Scorpio is that part where it's asking us to get, to humble ourselves, to really feel through what is the part that is seeking self-validation or even human validation and actually be in relationship. Yes. Like through relationship and so much has to die Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order for us to be able to just truly connect. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. And that just what you're saying about, I think there's this way in which spirituality has been like mass marketed and mass produced sucked up into the internal logic of capitalism where it's like, Oh, the more spiritual you are, the better your life should be. And I think what we're saying is like, actually, no, like when you're on a journey of really deep depth, how good your life is, is not a marker. Like soul, growth of like the level to which you are on the journey of true depth. Right. And it makes so much sense because we have a species, <laughs> a society, a culture that has absolutely created so much imbalance mm-hmm. with our earth. So yes. why, and my, like, why would we think that we would look successful in like capitalism terms when we've literally become so imbalanced with the the whole of nature you know it's like to me it's like to be in these deep relationships with my the plants and in like my cockroaches in my home and and just all these creatures that I've like merged so deeply and and really truly listened to has I've had to shred so much and humbled so much myself of like what 
I'm seen as (laughs) because it's really humbling to see what I am or what humans are seen as through the lens, through the eyes of these creatures that we don't have good relationships with. And to spend time in the jungle, you think like people think, oh, like this little capybara is going to be so happy that I moved in here. It's no, like they're not always happy <laughs> that you moved <laughs> and are turning the lights on at these inopportune times that are like fucking up their system and their flow and stuff. And so it's really humbling. And it makes me think of like loving somebody really deeply. It's like you, you know, even like loving Mariah, you know, I've had to like, oh. I've <laughs> triggered her and I've had to like really shred so many parts about what I think I am or who I think I am and how I love or how I show up in order to be able to integrate her experience, you know, and it's been, it's really fucking hard when we love people and they have an experience of us, you know, thank God it hasn't happened too much in our our relationship, (laughs) but you know, when it did, it was really hard to, to be able to hear that and like, I feel like it's in those moments standing in the relational fires of like, can you show up for this person and for their experience and let these parts of myself burn? (laughs) And that's what I feel like this is so real in the Scorpionic journey. Yeah. You know? I do. I think that's also what I was saying about just like how strong our desires are if anything threatens them. I think the instinct is to make the other thing bad and wrong and destroy whatever is threatening to our desires. And I think um, to what we want, whatever is standing in the way. And I think part of what I've learned is, um, you know, just how hard it can be, like you said, to actually let it in and let yourself be changed. And I think there's such a mastery around that too, especially in these terms of relationships, because like, you know, there's always, you have your own thing, you know, as in like the other person is going to have their own stuff going on and sifting through the part where it's, you know, allows, you know, you not to take on all the shame or all the thing and let them have their moments, you know, and they're, and they're part of the journey, but also, really take on the parts that are yours to take on is, is like, there's, there's some mastery involved in that, that I think is just so, uh, deeply interesting, infinitely interesting <laughs> and radically challenging to do inside of relationships. Totally. But also like it makes life worth living. Like I right. have for all of us scorpionic beings, I feel like we really want to know. Right. Like, those illusions, wherever those addictions, wherever those codependent little coping mechanisms are, as much as it might threaten our ego, as much as it might threaten our desires, I think there's that deeper soul level guiding force that really yeah. wants to know, that really does want to see truth. Devotee truth. Something that really um, comes to me too of of something to say, I love things that distill and simplify, especially after like being so close with Mariah. Mariah's Mercury and Aries just gets down to the the, the distillation process of so many things. And I I just love it because my Mercury and Pisces can just go 
out and out and out and out. I fucking love your mercury in my <laughs> I always I think of this distillation between in, in the realms of Scorpio is power and connection. You know, are you choosing power or are you choosing connection? And and those there's it's not just that they're they're not separated, you know, like the key I think is to be completely in power and being able to share equal power and also being able to draw that bridge of connection. You know, that's, I think the the goal, but I do think that there's something that I can ask myself too, in these places where I'm dealing with somebody else and like, whether they're open or not, um, you know, are they, are they choosing connection or are they kind of like fighting for power? And I can ask myself that question too. And I think that so many times in those relational fire moments where I call them um, portal moments, you know, where there's these places where we eclipse, you know, the places in relationships where the, the deep wounds or the deep desires eclipse another person's deep wounds or deep desires. And oftentimes in those portal moments, it's so easy to want to like, compartmentalize or just like fracture out. And we can totally, especially with just friendships or something like that, you can almost like work around those things, you know? And I think those are the like Libra patterns that we have is to work around those things. And the, and the Scorpio experience feels like it's like, no, what are we doing inside of those portal moments? And how do we then, are we able to ever really truly go through those initiations with people? Or do we just end up needing to compartmentalize and go into other realms because it's too scary or it's too unknown or we don't know how to move through it. Cause it's fucking hard to move through those things sometimes. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, even Mariah and I have had moments where we're in these portal moments and it's taken us weeks to really get into the, the deep core soul places where, where we could have our hearts actually like closed to one another and we're playing out you know, these things inside of our soul that, that are usually pretty deep and mythic. And, and so it's so rich to be able to actually go into those places and unlock. But I think that in those eclipses are the time where we like, are we seeking connection or are we going to seek to further our own, you know, like protect ourselves. And I think that can kind of like power and connection are the two words that help me go into my heart more. <laughs> I love it. Cause I think you're right. Like that scorpionic tail can come out and like sting <laughs> or hide <laughs> or scurry away yeah. or hide. Um, I love everything you're saying. I could talk to you about this for a million more years and I hope to <laughs> for purposes of this. Is there any sort of final, final thing? I thought that last distillation was really great. But is there any last thing you might want to put in the alchemical pot of Scorpio? I know we didn't touch too much and maybe I'll just say it really quickly, but, um, you know, about the people that have like what I've noticed anyways, just a fun fact maybe, (laughs) um, is like the people that have like, say like Scorpio ascendance, Scorpio rising signs. I feel like that's such a interesting and challenging place to have your rising sign because it's like, you're essentially signing up to filter the world and show up in the world 
in a very in, in a sign that is very taboo, that is very hidden and underbelly and subconscious. So it's an interesting, you know, quote unquote mask to wear with the world of um, of being able to bring, you know, a sign that represents so many deep subconscious psychological patterns to the surface and engage in all reality like that. And what I notice about Scorpio's risings is that they, um, they have this, what I can always tell when somebody is in a subconscious process, what we would call like in, you know, process work psychology, what we, you would call, um, like a secondary process Mm -hmm. is like, I can always see this, like uh, something in their eyes, you know, this like beady little, you know, subconscious secondary process that like comes out and is like seen inside of their eyes. And I can tell it more with Scorpio risings because it's like they're, they're out in the open with there's these subconscious parts of them and, and not everyone can see it, but I, of course, am tracking this, like, that's all I like to do. <laughs> track all these subconscious processes inside of people. And so I feel like Scorpio risings, they have these little beady eyes that kind of shift back and forth that are like, do you see this like under, like this like subconscious part of me? And then when I see it, they like have this journey where it's like, they're not used to being seen inside of it. And then they kind of get a little funny about it, but then they kind of melt. It's like, it's kind of like helps them swoon a little bit because it's like, they like don't want to be seen in it. And then they actually really do. (laughs) So they like it. And I I just think that that's such an interesting part of Scorpio is that, you know, the, that part that is like revealing and tracking all these subconscious parts and everyone else and really good at hiding. I always say it's like, they're like the you know, when one's playing strip poker and like everyone else is naked and they're the ones that like still have some of their cards on their clothes. They're still wearing some of their clothes, but it's like when you can, when you can show up for them and get them to get, get naked, it makes them pretty scared. And, and like, you know, they might have some defense mechanisms to, to really not, not get naked, but, um, but they, they deeply like it. They also really, it really is like a, a love, a love language, I think, is to be able to find a way to, to make those depths known in the reflection of another, you know? Yeah, they may not be, they may not be used to it at first, but once it happens, they like it. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, and I, I just love that that part of people that are like the for all the Scorpios out there that, that are bringing that deep archetype into very personal planets, very personal parts of your egoic structure and makeup and, and interfacing reality like that is so cool and brave. And, and I love to see all those parts. <laughs> To all you Scorpios out there, we love you. We love you so much. We bow to the journey. And we'll see you next week.